has a word for us tonight. Um, and uh, you can open your Bibles to John, beginning at chapter 13. We're going to look at a bunch of things because obviously we're in uh, Red Letter Day kind of here as a church and, and just talking about the words of Jesus, those red letters in your Bible. And so we're going to talk about Jesus tonight. We had a great gathering yesterday with pastors here at the church. Uh, we're part of uh, several different fellowships as a church. Uh, they're not denominations, they're just fellowships of churches, and, and one of them is the Fellowship of Christian Assemblies, and they hosted their uh, just regional get-together here at the church. We had a powerful time with pastors, and the students came in, and there was a wonderful word preached uh, yesterday uh, by Tom Flaherty, who's a pastor of City Church in Madison, and if you want to listen to it online, it's, it's available there. We put it online, uh, just talking about, do we live for God based on performance or his promise? Because a lot of times we, we get that slave mentality that Jesus talks about. And we just do, well, we're just working for you, God. We're working for you. And, and um, we have to live as children of the promise. Because you don't earn an inheritance. You're given that inheritance because you're part of a family. And God says, I'm calling you not just friends, but I'm calling you co-heirs with me. You're part of my family. You've been adopted in. And uh, just a powerful, powerful teaching. And, and just, it really increased our faith to really believe that we're walking in that and that we are children of, of the promise. So that's available online. I just wanted to make mention of that in case you're, you're interested uh, in that. John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. If you have your Bibles, if not, you can look at this when you get home. But if you look at those chapters, almost every word in those chapters are read. It's Jesus talking. It's the last night of his life. There is so much in there. And I just had it in my heart tonight since it's prayer meeting. This probably wouldn't be something I share on Sunday, although I'd love to, but I just felt it was for you guys, is that I want to ask you a question. Did you realize that Jesus prays for you. I mean you. Specifically you. I read this this week and I was like, Jesus is praying for me. And it just, I don't know what that does for you. I mean, I, I love getting together and I love praying. I love praying to him. I mean, that's, I love that. I love what we just did. But to think that he's praying for me, that he said a prayer for me. I mean, there's just something about that. That gets me so excited. When you start moving into a, this powerful evening in Jesus' life in chapter 14, he begins by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Again, the number one command in Scripture, do not worry, do not be afraid. It, it's Jesus saying, look, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now think about what Jesus is going through. He's about to go to the cross, and he's more worried about his disciples than himself. In this teaching moment, he says, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And, and then, here is Jesus in this section of Scripture, dropping the bombshell announcement that he's leaving. And he's not coming back. And you can't talk him out of it. And you're going to be left alone. This is going to happen. I'm leaving you guys. Not just, I'm going to die on a cross, because they've heard that since, you know, since Matthew chapter 16. They've been hearing that. But, but now, now he says, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going. And, um, and, the, and the hard part is, is he tells them, you, you can't go with me. 
you can't go with me. And, and you just wonder what their life was like. It, it probably was falling apart to hear the one that they love, that they serve, and they know something's brewing. They know it's taking a really dark turn. But I'm going to leave you guys, and you can't come with me. And then he goes on, and he, he talks about it in these chapters, that the world is going to hate you. And yet I'm, I'm leaving you in this world. It's like, thanks, Jesus. It gets better and better. And what's interesting to me about the New Testament, and whenever the term world is used, what's interesting is it's never used in a positive way. The things of this world, the world is not a good thing. The, the world is not part of Jesus' kingdom. The, he's saying, look, I'm going to leave you here, and it's going to get ugly. But he says this, you know, um, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And, and they get to listen in on a prayer for them. I mean, think about that. You're sitting with Jesus. He drops this bombshell. And he says, now I'm going to pray for you. In fact, John 17, that's the chapter, the, the title chapter in my Bible says, Jesus prays. And, and so they're going to get to listen to Jesus pray for them. But he's not just praying for them. And this is what I saw this week, is that he's actually praying for you and me. That you are the object of Jesus' prayer. In, in chapter 17 and verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word. Do you see that there? I'm not just praying for these 12. I am praying for all that believe in me through their word. We all are here today because the apostles preached the gospel. And it's been passed down through a remnant, generation after generation, till we sit here tonight, and Jesus was praying for us in John 17. Whoa! That's beautiful. That's powerful. That Jesus saw me through history. He saw you, and he says, I'm praying for them. And so what did he pray? What did he pray? And that's just what I want to look at for just, just a couple minutes here uh, in chapter 17. What did he pray for his disciples and then ultimately for us? The first part in, in John 17, 6 through 9, he, he prayed thankfully that his disciples had been given out of this world. And so what he's saying to his disciples and saying to you and I, he's saying, look, you belong to me. You do not belong to this world. This world's going to hate you because they hate me. But don't worry, you don't belong to this world. You belong to me. I love that I belong to Jesus. I love that he prayed that I belong to him. It, that alone, that's all I need. Jesus, I belong to you. I can face whatever comes my way. Because he says, you belong to me. And then he prayed for them to be protected because they're still in the world. Because they don't get to go with Jesus. You're still in in the world. In verse 11, he says, you're still in the world. So they can say, and, and we can say, now I know where I belong. I know who I belong to. I belong to Jesus. But you know what? I, I belong where I'm at in this world. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, because sometimes we don't feel like we fit in. But, but you're where you're at, because God's placed you there. 
And, and so I, I belonged there. But then he says, in verses 14 through 16, he prayed that we would recognize that although we're left in the world, we're not of the world. I love that. We're not of the world. So when you do have that feeling like, I don't fit in, it's okay. It's okay because you belong to him. Even though you're left here, you belong to him. And I love that, that we don't belong to this world. We belong to Jesus. And I was thinking of, of uh, my boys today. Uh, they had special things at, at all their schools for all their classes. And so it was kind of one of those strange days as we're getting ready for school in the morning. And so all the kids, Luke is in a suit with a bow tie and a kerchief. And I'm like, dude, you know what? <laughs> You're going to school, you know. And, and he's like, yeah, but it's a special day, this or that. I'm like, all right, that's great. I'm, I'm proud of you. And he goes, do you think they'll laugh at me today? I thought, wow, that's interesting. And, and Mark came out with his little bow tie. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Because he had a little a band thing at school today. And then Matthew came out, not with the bow tie, because he's too cool. He had the long skinny tie and the shirt untucked. But looking sharp. And, and they're all kind of like, Dad, we don't normally wear ties to school. Do you think they're going to laugh at us? And, and it's like, I don't know. But I think you guys look great. Uh, you know, I think, I think you guys should take some selfie pictures and, you know, you should just, you should celebrate today. And, and it was just one of those moments where I just, you know, it's kind of like sometimes we feel like that in the world. I don't know if I'm going to fit in when I go out there. I'm the guy in the bow tie. You know, I don't know if I'm going to fit, but it's like I know who I belong to. And I know he's placed me here. And I know what he's asked me to do. So I'm just going to, and just to walk out with that kind of confidence and boldness. I may not look like everybody else in my class, but you know what? I'm here for a purpose and for a reason. What's that purpose and reason? He prayed in, in verse 18. He prayed that they would embrace with joy the fact that they had been sent into the world. That, that this is where God has placed me. And not just where I'm going I'm to bloom where I planted. I'm going to shine in the middle of darkness. I love it when I picked up Luke today. I mean, he was just beaming. He's like, man, I, got, I was the best-dressed kid in school. And that, you know, just all the stuff. And, and it's just, I love that. I, I love the energy from that. I, I love the heart from that. And God's placed you in the world to be a bright light. And he says, don't be afraid. Don't, don't worry. Don't fear. I've called you. You belong to me. You're still here. I mean, someday you'll be with me, but I got something for you to do right now. And, and you may say, I don't know what I'm called. I mean, I'm not going to the Philippines. I'm going home tonight, and, and my home is not, it's, I, I don't know. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what Jesus actually prays for for us. Remember, he says, it's a good thing that I'm leaving. I know you're scared right now. I know you're, this is a bombshell, but it's good that I go. In verse 7 of, of 16, if you go back one chapter, John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, depending on your translation, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Go on to verses 13 and 14. It says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will only declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I love it. That whole, the Holy Spirit's going to be our direct line 
to God, to Jesus. And then he says in verse 17, probably a verse we all know, and I just want to look at this before we close here. 21, this is really important. John 17, 21. I pray that they are all, again, Jesus praying for us, all of us. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. We look at that verse, and a lot of times we preach that as a verse of unity. And there is supposed to be unity in the body of Christ. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus is saying, I pray that they'll be one as you and I are one. And then he says that they may be within us. Jesus is saying, I want them to be in unity and one with us as I am. And the only way Jesus and the Father were in unity was through the Holy Spirit. And what God wants to do, he wants to bring us into such intimate relationship with himself through the Holy Spirit that it's like we're one. That all of us are just that, that just as the Holy Spirit is, is revealing Christ to us, that we're revealing Christ to the world through our oneness with God. We should be unified. I, I, I believe our church family should not live in strife or, or discord. Or, or that. But, but I need to be with him first. And, for, and when we're all with him, this will all take care of itself. So that's what he's talking about. Will you be one with me? Jesus prayed that for you. Not just the disciples. These words in red are for you. And I want you to hold on to that. And realize that, that he loves you. He's placed you here for a purpose. If he didn't need you here, you'd be in heaven. We'd, we'd be having worship around the throne. But he's got something for you to do. Obviously, we know he's got something for, for the Tracys and Teresa and Pastor Merrill to do this week. But he's got something for you to do. He's got a call on you. And so I want us just to pray together before we go that, that God would anoint us for the call that he's placed in our life. I know we only have a few minutes left. But um, let's just pray for one another and pray for our needs and, and, and do that real quickly. And, and I'm going to pray up front, but um, I don't know, maybe you could get in like little circles just for prayer time and bring your needs with you uh, at the same time. But, um, and, and I'm going to pray up here, but, but just, just grab each other's hands. And we believe in the laying on of hands. And so we're just going to believe that as we hold hands, that's the laying on of hands tonight uh, together. And I know we've got to move around a little bit, so... Uh, go ahead and do that. And if you're watching at home, just this prayer is for you as well. Let's just believe together. Uh, if you're watching with someone else, grab their hand. But um, let's just pray together. Just go ahead and grab the hand of someone nearby. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.